We are in part four of more than enough. You know that in God's kingdom, there's more than enough to go around. Today, we're going to be talking, um, we, we've talked all throughout the series about money. We've talked about tithe. We've talked about giving, two different things. And we've also talked about stewardship, being good stewards of what God has given us. Because if we're, if we're believers, we know that everything we have is because God allows us to have it. You're like, no, Pastor Landon, I'm a really hard worker. Well, if you believe that God created you, you can only be a hard worker because God gave you life. Amen? And so today, um, we may conclude the series. I don't know. I have maybe one more week, so we'll see, okay? Is that all right? But we may conclude the series today. If not, we'll get a little bit more next week. Today, we're going to talk about God and Grandma's way of dealing with money. Is that Okay. So this week, I sent out uh, to our serve team, I sent out a little survey, and you know what? Not everybody likes talking about money, right? I've talked to a couple people before church, and they said, are we going to talk about tithing again? I said, no, no, we're on to bigger and better things. No, I'm just kidding. Um, are we going to talk about money? You're going to ask about money. So I sent out this survey uh, to our serve team this week, 45 people filled out the survey, and what I said was, um, at the very end, put your mother's maiden name, because we want to make the survey com uh, completely, completely anonymous. We don't want to know your answers, because some of them are pretty personal questions, right, if you were on there, and uh, what we were going to do is put the, that name in a hat and give away $300. We're in a giving ser series, Shouldn't we be giving some money away? So I got, I got 300 bucks out of the bank yesterday. Come on. So um, you, if you're in the house today and the last name that you put was Lawrence, come get you $300. Or if you're like, I don't want to like, get up in front of anybody. Oh, yeah. 300 bucks. <laughs> Come on, let's give it up for Lisa. And it couldn't have gone to a better person. She's at the hospital like night and day, day and night. No, um, and she's there serving the community. We love you. We're glad that you want it. Um, but I asked a bunch of questions. I asked questions about debt and tithe and, and how much debt you have and what were the biggest fears you have about money and the economy and your job? And really, the first one is this. We're going to put this up on the screen. And I'm just going to read a few of these for you. Um, one person, a lot of people said, I don't fear because I love Jesus. Like, I don't need to fear these things. But a lot of you says, uh, in all reality, I, um, price increases, not having enough money to pay our bills. Listen, even if you didn't do the survey, you could probably, like, put yourself in one of these categories, right? The economy, the government control, losing my pension, inflation. Anybody worried about inflation? It already happened. Don't worry. Um, it's, we're past that point. Um, not being able to afford bills, not having enough, not having enough money, losing income, running out. That's, those are some fears that we have and maybe you have a different one. So another question 
Uh, was this, and I don't have uh, any artwork for this, so you can just go on to another one, but what do you need help with when it comes to personal finance? Listen, we're all in a different uh, category, right? Our ages, our income, all of those different things, but here's what everybody answered. What do you need help with when it comes to personal finances? Budgeting, credit card debt, car debt, student loans, spending too much, money communication between husband and wife. Ooh. Someone else answered, affording my tithe. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Make sure you go watch the video. Less on food. I need help with retirement, figuring that out. Home repairs. How am I going to pay my medical bills? This all feels pretty heavy, doesn't it? Because maybe you're like, man, I could check off most of those boxes this morning. Maybe you're dealing with a lot of these things, and it starts to become heavy. You know that the national debt, the national U.S. debt is $34 trillion. You can go onto a website, and you can watch it keep ticking up. America owes $34 trillion. Listen, when we were kids, we didn't even know what a trillion dollars was, let alone a billion dollars. Like when I was a kid, there was millionaires. Remember that back in the day? Like, they're not cool anymore. It's billionaires. And then guess what? Just a regular average Joe American, together, all of us, owe on credit card debt and student loans. $17 trillion. That's heavy. That feels very like, oh my goodness, how are we going to pay this back? And who are we paying? (laughs) And this can be overwhelming. But guess what? I have some good news today for you. You don't control any of those numbers. You only control your household number, right? And I think a lot of times over the years, uh, we've looked at those big numbers and it's weighty, or we've looked at even our own numbers. You're like, Pastor Landon, it feels like my household owns $17 trillion because I can't even begin to figure out how to pay my debt back. We can control the controllables. We can control ourselves. You know that God gives us self-control? You know that when we call on the Lord and say, Lord, would you give me self-control? Do you know what he'll give you? Self-control. Look what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says this. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Let's pray today. Lord, thank you for this message. Lord, I pray that you would speak life. Lord, I would, I would pray that you would um, give grace today and that you would bring peace through this message. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, you know, for my family, when we have debt that we have to pay back, it feels dreadful. It feels terrible. You know, I, um, I owed our ba- a babysitter 
actually, they come to our church. I owed this person $50, and I missed paying them like two times. I'm like, oh, I forgot. I forgot. I don't carry much cash anymore. The app thing wasn't working, and it felt terrible that I owed someone $50, and I hadn't paid them yet. Anybody feel like that? One, two, <laughs> Everybody else is like, well, I don't care. I don't pay my bills. Like, what? whatever. But it feels like it's looming over my head when there's a debt that out, is outstanding. But we live in a culture, when you go online to buy something, you ever see it's like, these jeans are $45. Or you can get this credit card, and it'll be $12 a month for six months. Why are we putting jeans on a credit card? Like, Pastor, we can't afford them. Well, don't get them. Like, go to Goodwill. Like, maybe in a year from now, you can afford them. Can I be hard on us today, including me? Is that okay? Can I speak to us? Do I have the freedom? I've been around a couple years. Is that okay? Why are we putting jeans on a credit card? Maybe we ask this question of ourselves. Are we grateful for what we have? Or do we need more to fill some sort of void? At our house, we pledge not to go in debt. So guess what Pastor Landon does this summer? We have three kids now. Our van air conditioner is not working well. Pastor Landon goes on down to the Kia dealership and buys a brand new van. I hadn't had debt in years. And I get home, and I'm like, I'm so excited to like tell Tara, I'm, can I be real with you today? And I hand her the keys, look, I got you a van. She's like, thanks. <laughs> Guess how long we had the van, the brand new van? 42 days. You know how they make you pay, like, at, at the 45th day? We never, we still haven't had that car payment. <laughs> because we hate debt. And you know, you know what? I'd rather have a vehicle that's not, that I don't have debt on than to have something very, very nice that I have debt on. Am I, I'm, I'm weird. I am weird, people. You're like, Pastor Landon, you're strange. I am strange. One of our vehicles is 13 years old, and the other vehicle is 12 years old. And guess what they do? The exact same thing as that new van did. They do the same thing. So we took it back. I got a $7,000 vehicle. It had 50,000 miles on it. If you hunt around, you can find something that works. And it's as old as Emma, so it's pretty cool. I said, Emma, this is your next, this is your next car. <laughs> but what if you said, I'm going to write a line in the sand. You know what? That year or two or three is going to be annoying you're going to have to maybe drive an old car. You're going to maybe have to go to Goodwill for a couple years. But guess what? Life changes after that. I'm here to tell you that firsthand. What if we stopped and said, I don't want to go in debt anymore? Okay, college debt. That's a big one, right? You know, America... That's just the normal thing. We all, oh, going to college, get in debt. 
you should look at the percentage of kids who get student loans that finish school. It's like 50%. And then they don't have a degree, and they're like, well, I got to pay this. You know what the average student loan is right now that people are paying back? $37,000 per student. That's the average. Imagine seeing an 18-year-old who they're, and this is not a joke because it's, it's science that God created. People don't, they can't make clear decisions until they're 25 years old. And we're saying, hey, 18-year-old, you want to take out debt for school? Yeah, sure. That'd be great. I want to get, a, I want to get this random degree, Dave Ramsey says, in left-handed pu- puppetry. And then you can't, can't pay the loan back. And then we have politicians promising to pay it off for us. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So I think we need to be wise. School choice is important. We just have told Emma since she was five years old, you're not going into debt to go to school. So you're going to have to figure out, you're going to have to pick your school the right way. You're going to have to do well in high school. You're going to have to uh, get scholarships. Because guess what? When someone goes to school and they have to work for it, they're most likely going to complete school. Maybe that's just me. Have you ever went into your doctor and said, wait a second, where did you go to school, sir or ma'am? None of us did that. Did we? So school choice, like, well, I really want to go to this school because it has a Chick-fil-A. They have a Chick-fil-A because all of these kids went to the school and paid for the Chick-fil-A. You want to go to the, the worst-looking school there because it's going to be cheaper. Because guess what? When you, get, when you get out of school, they're not going to ask you where you graduated. They're going to be like, can they do the job? Do they have the degree? I don't know. Just common sense, I guess, maybe. Look what it says in Proverbs 22, 6 through 7. We've all heard this first one. But look what comes directly after it. Look, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Like, we all love the first one. Hey, let's start out our kids in the right way. But then look what the writer says is next. He's talking about debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. And that brings me to the first point today. The borrower is slave to the lender. I don't know about you. I don't want to be slave to anybody. Anybody else? No. All I want to, I want to serve the Lord. This statement is spiritual and it's also natural. Naturally, whatever bank or credit card or debt you have or I have, we are enslaved to them. Every paycheck you, got, you get, guess what? You got to pay something to them. You got to give them your minimum, the minimum, right? You remember when you had a credit, maybe you still have a credit card. Remember what it says there? Minimum. Here's what you have to pay us because we own you. Why do you think they named it MasterCard? It's funny, but it's true. Because they are that master over you. You know that, you know that credit card companies made $178 billion last year? 
off of us in America. You're like, but Pastor Landon, I, I get air miles. It's awesome. Like, I get points. Every, yeah, when do you get points? When you spend more money. I, no, but I get, I, I do, like, I do this, I get more points. 19% interest rate. The borrower is slave to the lender. Romans 13, 8 says, says this, look at this. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Man, when my grandparents were growing up, if they wanted something, guess what they would do for it? They would save their money. Like Pastor Landon, it was a lot less back then. You know what? That's true. But do you really need it or need that version of it? No debt should remain outstanding. Can we talk about cars and car payments for a moment? So here's the survey. 45 people were surveyed at New Hope. Here, here's what it looks like. Are you in debt? Not including your house. No, 35%. Can we just give it up for those people? Come on. So I'm guessing there's people in the room. Let's pause there for a minute. There are people in this room right now that when I'm talking about debt, you're saying, you're, you're re saying what you've heard growing up. You'll never be out of debt. You'll always have debt. Debt is good. These 16 people don't have debt. You can be out of debt. You're like, well, Pastor Landon, I don't know, okay? The second, second group here, yes, credit card debt, 19%, 42% of people. Yes, car debt, 48%. Obviously, this was more than one answer they could do. Student loans, other. That's a lot of debt, isn't it? So can we, we can agree that we all need a car to get somewhere, right? So Pastor Landon isn't here saying, don't get a car, all right? But car choice is also important. You know that the average brand new car payment is $726 a month. That's the average. So yes, there's some lower, but yes, there's higher $726. That's a lot. That's. You know what the average used car right now is per month? $533. And this is like, this isn't for like one month. This is like 60 months. 72 months, people are getting into car debt 84 months. I talked to this young guy here in the big city of Frostproof recently. He's not here today. I was talking to him. He's like, I'm getting this job. It's going to be amazing. I'm like, awesome, man. What are you going to do with the job? He's like, well, I'm going to get a truck. I was like, oh, that's great. Glad. 
I said, how much is your truck going to be, if you don't mind me asking? $110,000. I'm like, are you serious? Like, what kind of, does it gold-plated? No, it's got these big tires on it. It's got a big end. $110,000. I bought a house four years ago for $105,000. I'm being serious. And his car payment was like $1,600. I said, can you afford that? Oh, yeah. I said, but can then you afford food and stuff, like later? He's like, well, I don't have to worry about it. I live with mom. You know, that's a lot of money. I know that's way above, but the average new car right now is $48,000. You can get a two-year-old car, the same car, for way cheaper than that. And that's just one car. A lot of us have two cars in our home, right? So if you have two car payments at, let's say, $600 a month, so that's $1,200, then you have insurance, then you have gas. Looney's helping me out here. That's almost $2,000 the average household is putting toward things that go down in value. That's a lot of money. What if you could save half of that? What if you could put it to your retirement? What if you could buy food, you know, like stuff like that? The car, to me, is you need to get from here to there and back and fit all your family in it. That's all a car does. It's a tool. Oh, but that tool is so much prettier. It's got that really nice leather. It, it makes rain sounds. That was literally the sales pitch the guy gave me when I bought the van. It makes rain sounds. Great. I'm like, Lord makes rain sounds every other week here in Florida. Well, it's kids, kids, you know, little ones, it's nice to have the sounds like that, I guess. So I'm going to pay 40 grand for it. I want to show you this. I'll put this up on the screen if you don't mind. I, I was scrolling through Facebook this week, and yes, maybe the numbers are a little different than your world, but when you have $80,000 in the bank and a paid-off $1,000 work truck, let's say even $5,000, $10,000, look at this. People may assume that you're broke. However, if you have $1,000 in the bank and an $80,000 finance truck, people assume that you're doing great. It's important not to let material possessions fool you into judging somebody. What if you decided today to do life counterculturally to how everybody else is doing it? What if you changed it? What if you had wisdom with dealing with that? Proverbs, I don't have the scripture here, but Proverbs says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 19.8 says this, the one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. So here's the next question. Are you in debt? If so, how much do you, oh, that's a big question, right? Ooh, you're like, oh, let's see this. Let's see the answers here for a second. I'm not in debt. Boom. I th 
I think some of the people that answered the first one, two of them forgotten. They're like, oh, I'm in debt. Oops. So 31%, I'm not in debt. And then you can see here, the biggest ones are between twenty dollars and $50,000. 50% of the people that answered the survey have twenty, fifty, dollars and plus in debt. That's a lot of money, right? Can I pause for a second in the sermon? I'm not here to shame anybody is what they have in debt. I'm here because I believe God wants believers to have financial peace. He wants us to have peace in our life. All right, number two. Everybody say two. Write this one down. Are you a wise or foolish builder? Are you a wise or foolish builder? The Lord has blessed you with life. How are you building your life? Matthew 7, 24 to 29, there's this amazing story. It says, therefore, if anyone who, who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. God's ways of thinking, even with debt, are that rock we should cling to. He's the rock, and we should be clinging to his way of life. But anyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice Verse 26 is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You know that some of us are one paycheck away from losing things, maybe everything, because we're building our house on sand. We're building our house on debt. And when the bank calls up and says, hey, you owe us money. We can't give you any more debt. You're in a pile of trouble, aren't you? When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. How are you building your life? Are you building it trusting God with everything, with your finances, with your children? with your job, with your fears, with all of that? Or are you building your house on a sandy place? You ever hear the saying, paycheck to paycheck? I don't know about you, that's how we grew up in my house when I was a kid. Waiting for pay, the payday to come. It's like, yeah, we'll do that, but we got to do it when payday is here. And I know some, we still do that some. For the wise man, he plans ahead. And yes, it may take time to get to that point. But living that way is very stressful. Any of us have lived that way, it's very stressful. You know, when you're building a house, you don't just show up on a vacant property like, hey, we're building a house today. Come on, everybody, we're going to go build a house. It takes some planning. It takes some time. It takes someone who's professional at drawing up the plans. You have to pull permits. you got to figure out what material, materials you're going to use. You know, the, 
more than 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That's a lot of people. We're the richest nation on planet Earth. And some of you today will look, well, I'm going to blame my job. I'm going to blame the government. It's Joe Biden's fault. I'm going to blame this person and that person. And there might be somewhat in there, but when you get up in the morning and look in the mirror, you live in a country where you can get out there and do work, right? You can get out of the cave, kill something, and drag it home. More than 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Even people with higher incomes, 100 plus thousand a year. You're like, that's a, that's a, they don't live paycheck to paycheck. 50 plus percent of people who, have a, who make $100,000 or more a year, guess what they do? They live paycheck to paycheck. 40% of people who, who make 200,000 plus a year, guess what? They live paycheck to paycheck. It's not about your, what you get paid on payday. It's about how you build your life and how you decide to spend your money. Does that help us a little bit today? You're like, oh, we're all in this together. You, you know what? When you make $100,000 plus thousand a year, you just get a more expensive car in debt. You're like, oh, I'm cool now. I'm going to get a really expensive car now. Because I make a hundred plus thousand. Oh, two hundred plus thousand? I'm going to get an even nicer, cooler car. I'm going to pay $900 a month now. So my thought would be is act your wage. Isn't it time to act our wage? If, in our house, if we can't afford it, guess what? We don't buy it. And if we really want it, guess what we do? We save up to buy it. Act your wage. We live in a culture, in a society where we look at our neighbor and we say, man, they have such a nice iPhone, I want that iPhone too. It has two more cameras in my phone. Wow. And guess what we do? We go out and get it. And we pay monthly payments for our phones. When I was a kid, you could go to Walmart and get the one that, you know, that hangs on the wall, $29.99. And you're done. You got your phone until someone breaks it again. You know, the 10th commandment says, do not covet your neighbor's goods. We live in a country where, like, we break the 10th commandment every day. Oh, well, look what they got. I need to go get the MasterCard so I can get that too because I want to be cool. Last week we talked about being good stewards of what God's given us. And are we really being a good steward when we're incurring mega money in debt? Everything we have is the Lord. Shouldn't we take care of what we have? And the Lord says, when you take care of what you have, I'll give you more. Amen? Like Pastor Landon, I am depressed now because of this sermon. Good. Because guess what you're going to do? You're probably going to go home, talk to your spouse, and say, how can we clean this up? 
How can, we, how can we live differently than everybody else? And you know what? Work hard for a year or two. You'll be out of debt. Then guess what? You'll have a savings account. So when something does break, you can be like, man, that's annoying that that air conditioner broke, but guess what? I'm going to go on down to the savings account that I have and pay to fix it. When the car breaks down, guess what we, guess what we do in America? We get in this cycle where, oh, my car broke down. I don't have any money at all. I just have enough money to make a payment. So I'm just going to get a different car. Then you'll take what money you had from the last car you owed, throw it on the other one. Now that $30,000 car is a $50,000 car. And you felt like you did something. But guess what? What if your car broke down? It cost you $1,500. You own the car. And you go into your savings account, man, this is annoying, but glad Lord blessed me. I can pay to fix my car. Amen? Some of you are like, man, this is extreme. Like, I grew up just like, we just put everything on credit. This is just a normal thing. I don't want to be normal. Does anybody else want to be normal? I don't want to be normal. How we take care of what God has given us really matters. Let's go to the last point. Number three. Everybody say three. This was a good sermon. I don't know about you, but it's preaching to me. Number three, financial peace, anyone? Anybody want some financial peace? Man, I, I don't want to be stressed out about money. You're like, yeah, Pastor Landon, you probably make boatloads of money. That's awesome. I don't know about you, but I want to have financial peace. Do you know that the number one reason marriages don't last is because of money fights? Because husbands and wives can't get on the same page when it comes to money. One person, they're like, oh, I'm a free spirit. We're just going to go have fun every day. The other one's like, I don't want to spend anything. Right? We need to, if you are a married couple in the room, today you may leave and be like, I'm ready to get out of debt. The other one's like, I'm ready to go get another car. Would you do, would you promise this? Would you promise this? That you would start discussing these things in a nice way, you would get on the same page. Because what I noticed in my home, when my wife and I got on the same page, we got out of debt. We started deciding everything together when it comes to finances. And it makes for a lot more peace in our home. And guess what? You can have that too. I mean, it's not perfect, okay? But now we get to discuss, hey, we've got this in savings. Can we do this, this, or this with it? Hey, can we bless so-and-so? I think in America, we've kind of lost our way with what we need and what we want. And this message isn't for people saying, well, I'll never have a nice car because Pastor Landon said that's wrong. Get a nice car. Pay for it. 
save up for it. And then what you what I've noticed when I started getting a little bit of money, I'm like, I don't want to spend that much money on a car. I'm going to go and try my best to get the best deal. So that's what was cool with, with the last car I got. You know, cars are just over-the-top expensive, right? So I went to the Ford dealership near my house, and I said to the guy, I had some cupcakes. I said, I know that you guys have trade-in vehicles, and you put them on that truck right there, and you send them to the auction. He said, yeah, every week. I said, before you send them to the auction, would you call me? I would like to look at what vehicles you have and buy one, possibly. He's like, done. I said, here's two cupcakes. Let me be the top guy on your list. Guess what? He texted me twice. The first one was a dud. No, thanks. The second one, amazing. An elderly person owned it. It had like 50,000 miles on it. It was a good deal. They, they charged me $500 more than what they paid for it. They said that was way better than sending it to the auction. God will give us wisdom and bless us when we, when we figure out what our needs are and we figure out that they're different than our wants. You know the four needs in our life? I call, we call them the four walls. Food, basic one, right? We need food. Not all the food, okay? Because be careful there. Two, shelter. We need a place to live. Three, utilities. We need lights on. Like, we need air conditioning. We need water. All that good stuff. We need to wash our clothes. Four, transportation. All right, so we start there and we say, okay, we've got our needs met. Now can we move on to the, the wants? What if you didn't have to pay $1,000, $1,200 a month for a car payment? Where could that go? Okay, so let's, let's start adding this up. What if you didn't have $300 per month in credit card debt? Someone adding this for me? What if we, we didn't put that couch on a card? $200 a month for a couch. Seriously? Come on, people. What if we didn't have $150 Best Buy per month on our card? Oh, man, I still owe Best Buy. I don't. I'm just saying somebody might. What if... Here's a big one. What if we lived on less than we made? Did you add it up, Mr. David? What we got? $1,850 a month. You could probably use that, right? Right about now. Anybody, could anybody use $1,850 a month? Yeah, I definitely could, right? What if you said, I'm going to get a plan together and I'm going to live on less than I make. I'm going to be a good steward of what God has given me. You, you'll look down a year, two years from now, your life will be totally different because you're trusting the Lord, not a credit card. When Tara and I went to, can I tell you one last story? I know we're running a little late. Is that okay? Awesome. When Tara and I decided to get out of debt, 
I was sitting there, and this is not for everybody, but anybody can get out of debt. I was sitting there, and I had all these credit cards in my wallet. And I remember looking at them the day we're like, we're, we're going to get out of debt. We wrote all of our debt from smallest to largest. We started this thing called a debt snowball. And I started looking at these credit cards I had. MasterCard. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Visa. Discover. We had all of them. Like we were collecting them like Pokemon cards, okay? We had all of Best Buy. We even had a credit card to uh, like this clothing store, American Eagle. Like, who does that? Okay, so I'm looking through them, and I'm like, kind of half praying, talking to God. I'm like, God, but I need these. Like, what if something happens? God literally asked me this question. Do you trust me? Or do you trust these cards? And it was like a aha moment. I trust you. And guess what I did? I did plastic surgery right there in my kitchen. And you know what happened a week later? I got a 30% pay decrease at my job. I'm like, this is awesome. Thank you, Lord. I love being a youth pastor in Kansas. This is amazing. And then a week later, Tara got a job. It covered our 30% and much more. A couple weeks later, my missionary friend called up and said, Hey, we have a Toyota Corolla. We know that you only have one car. We're going to be on the mission field for four years. Would you like to use our car for four years? I said, uh, let me think about it. Yes, yeah. That would be, that'd be wonderful. And then a moment came up, and I spoke about it a couple weeks ago. A moment came up where I needed to go to the dentist. And guess what? I no longer had a credit card to take care of my dentist bill. And I went and got it done. I'm like, I'm going to have to figure something out, Lord. Please like, take care of this. And I think God was trying to show me, like, hey, you can trust me. Remember we had the prayer moment like a month ago? So I'm gonna, God's like, I'll have to do something here to bail this guy out. So I'm at the dentist, get the, get the thing done. I'm at the desk, and, like, I'm asking the lady, so do I pay, like, next time? Like, can I pay half now? I got some money. I think I had $1,000 saved up because that was my new credit card. Because, so I was like, I, I got to. Th- and uh, the, the dentist walked behind and said, NC. I said, NC, okay, North Carolina. Um, all right, cool. And I said, how much is it? She's like, don't, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Um, I said, so I pay next time. No, no, no. Uh, it's taken care of. So well, what do you mean it's taken care of? Like, you don't have to pay, sir. Yeah, but I don't get it. I don't understand. So Tara was in the van. I think the lady called Tara. I said, my wife is going to ask me this when I get in the car, and I'm confused. Can you just kind of talk to her, let her know what's going on? Come to find out, NC meant no charge. All of it was taken care of because I transferred my trust from 
my stuff or me to God. Can we stand today before we go? Listen, not everybody's story is the same, but I believe the same principles are in place that God wants us to have peace even in our finances. He wants us to have peace in our marriage. He wants us to have peace with our children. He wants us to be able to bless other people. He wants us to be wise and good stewards of our finances. And he wants us to stop, or at least me, okay? I'm just talking from my home. Stop the debt cycle. And maybe he'll speak to you about this as well. And what if that could stop in your home? You would probably have more peace. And you know what? I believe there's only one way to financial peace. And that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Can I read you this last verse? Verse 14, this is Jesus himself. John 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can we walk daily with the Prince of Peace? When we wake up in the morning, guess what? I believe he'll give you wisdom to steward what he's given you well. If you want to get out of debt, I'm going to make this pledge to you today. The first 10 people who tell me, uh, wherever in the lobby or wherever, actually, let's do it this way. Um, Howie. Howie's going to be up front here. After church, he's going to sign the first 10 people up, and we're going to give you Financial Peace University. It's worth 100 bucks. We're going we're gonna to do it for 10 people. We're going to invest $1,000 into our church and say, we believe in you. We know that God's going to take care of you, and we're going to do it for the first 10 families that do, does that. Is that cool? Can we do that board? Are you okay with that? All right. They're, they're saying yes, because we want you to be blessed, because I believe when we're blessed, we can be a blessing. Amen? Can I pray for you today? Lord, thank you today for each person in the room. Thank you for today that, that some people's thinking is changing. Lord, that you're giving us wisdom and finances today. Lord, that, that, that Lord, we, we feel like we some of us have dug a little bit of a hole, but Lord, you're going to give us a shovel to fill that hole in. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, do that for folks today. Lord, we thank you that you are our Prince of Peace. Lord, that money is just a tool of the world. And it, and it helps us get through life and, and take care, it takes care of our family. But Lord, we know who we trust and we put our faith and our hope in you, Jesus, for everything. So we pray you take care of each family today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Come on, can we celebrate what God's doing in our hearts?